Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Hello, this is Tina Muir. Thank you for being here with me today for the latest episode of the Run to the Top podcast, brought to you by Runners Connect. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little more light than most episodes. You know we like to get deep into the science with many of our guests as we learn from their research about various running topics. Those are extremely insightful and helpful to becoming a better runner, but what about the other part of running? What about when we don't want to make our brains hurt as we think too much about what we need to do to get better? The more we learn, the more we see that keeping running fun and doing what you love is just as important. And often those little details do not matter as much as we think they do especially during times of challenge in our life. And I'm not just talking about running, I'm talking about life in general. Today's interview is with popular blogger, Hungry Runner Girl. And I'm sure she's going to remind you that running is all about enjoying it and bringing the fun back into it, no matter what your goals are. My guest has some great advice for everyone, especially for mothers. And if you love the running community, you are going to want to stick around. You'll be able to see how you can surround yourself with runners who love it as much as you, even if you don't have many runner friends where you live. So who is the Hungry Runner Girl? Well, her actual name is Janae Jacobs. She is mother of Brooke, who is three years old. And as I mentioned, she has a popular running blog that gets, get this, over 1 million page views per month. She's a Brooke's ambassador, and she ran her first marathon in 2010 and is now chasing a sub three hour. So today, Janae and I are going to talk about how runners can support one another through her blog, and you can join in too, even if you don't have a running blog. How to motivate yourself to get through the workouts when you're not able to run with others, and why it's important to think long-term with running. As Janae says in the interview, you're going to learn more about this. Running will always be there for you when you're ready to come back to it. I think too often we kind of get into the habit of thinking that if we don't run fast now, we're never going to, or if we're injured now, we're never going to get back. But Like Janae says in this interview, you're going to learn that it's always there waiting for you. So just be patient and it will come. So you ready to hear more? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Run to the Top podcast, Janae. Hello, how are you? I am very good. How are you doing? Really great. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on and your enthusiasm is already uh, pretty infectious there. So I'm sure everyone listening is already smiling just hearing that. (laughs) Or hearing your accent. I like that better. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm so used. Obviously, I don't notice it. But yeah, uh-huh. every now and again, people will comment on it. But it's nice to hear. So thank you. <laughs> um, so I wanted, I've wanted to bring you on the podcast for a while now. And uh, I've been thinking about it, but I kind of wanted to wait to the right time. And we're going to talk about uh, your upcoming race a little bit later. But that is kind of the reason I thought now would be a good time to bring you on. But um, let's just firstly talk about uh, your blog, as I'm sure quite a lot of people listening have heard of it, and I did talk about it a bit in the intro, but you kind of, just to go into your history a bit more, you stated that you started running age 12, but you only began racing in 2010. So just, I'm kind of curious, what were you doing in those years in between that? (laughs) So those years in between that were casual runs with my sister, you know? Monday, Wednesday, Friday, kind of go out for a mile or two or three or four and no garments, no seriousness at all. I'd always loved exercise. Um, I played tennis and 
did spin classes and all sorts of things like that. But it, it wasn't until my first marathon that I really fell in love with running and racing and things like that. So yeah, it took me a little while to catch on, but, but once I did, I was there. Yeah. Did and did you jump straight to the marathon or did you do some shorter races? First? Did. My aunt signed me up for a half marathon one time when I was like 22 or something. And I didn't uh, prepare for it at all. And so I paid for it for a solid two weeks post race because I was really sore. Um, and I kind of vowed off running. And then it wasn't until I started training for the marathon and actually running that um, and doing it properly and having a 16 week plan and things like that, that I, that it, it felt better. It still hurt, but it felt better than that half marathon. If you That's before. still pretty impressive. If you can go, you know, your first race out there doing a half marathon, I, I can't imagine there's too many people doing that. That's a pretty unique story you've got there. It's really cool. Not my smartest move, but that's okay. You live and you learn. Hey, you can always think back to that moment. And I guess that shows how much pain you were in. If even looking back now, that's still one of your most yeah. painful moments. <laughs> I can only imagine your, uh, your face around mile 10 there, but, uh, Mm-hmm. probably worth it now made you tougher in the long run and what about um your daughter Brooke uh you talk about her quite a lot on your blog does she so show any signs of being a runner in the future oh yeah she wants to wear her running shoes all the time the other day for school I put on her sandals and she said no I'm wearing my running shoes and that and she won the battle because I was like you're right running shoes are way more comfortable than sandals so and better for yeah that's something you don't want to you won't have to worry about uh in the future if she's picking those kind of things yeah she just she (laughs) runs all over the place and she's just mama am I fast and she loves being at races and I love her being at races and things like that so oh that's perfect and is she racing any boys yet trying to take them on oh we yeah (laughs) not yet we're gonna keep that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna keep boys as far away as possible so I guess running away from them yeah but <laughs> well I guess that's better than uh than being next to them for the time being exactly. and what about um I just had a cute, funny thing I was thinking about the other day when I was preparing for this interview um I'm not sure if you have done this but I've seen a post from other bloggers about um asking questions to their children about running um kind of like you know um how far does mummy run every day or and they come up with, you know, 64 miles or like, why does mommy run? I just wondered if you had any, oh, that's anything. Brilliant. Yeah. No, find that on Hungry Runner Girl in the next few days. Cause that's okay. Yeah. It's, love- a, it's a really cool thing. And I've seen other, other, other bloggers do it. I know, um, Ali from Vita Train for Life and, uh, Angela at Happy Fit Mama, those people all did it. And, um, yeah, I just wondered if Brooke had come out with any funny things about running that, um, you had, you know, Whenever noted down. I- yeah, whenever we drive by a mountain range or anything, she always talks about how mama goes running in the mountains. So, and I do trail run occasionally, but she's <laughs> convinced that I'm, anytime I go running, I'm in the mountains. So that's, that's great. Maybe she thinks I'm a little more hardcore than I actually am. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather it be that way. That's pretty impressive. She, uh, she obviously thinks you're a rock star. Maybe she sees the, uh, you know, the movies where people are running up the mountains and she thinks it's all, all runners. Yeah, that's but mom. <laughs> more power to you if that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, so let's go kind of into your blog a bit more, um, just as some general questions. Uh, you post twice a day. Uh, like when did that kind of develop into twice a day and, and why did you move from once to twice a day? So when I first started blogging, I'd been reading food blogs and a lot of them were actually posting three times a day. So when I first started blogging, I would do three posts a day. They'd be short. 
um, pretty simple, more based around my meals and my workout in the morning one and things like that. And then over time, uh, once I had Brooke, it kind of came down to two times a day. And then now, you know, on the weekends, I post one time a day and things like that. But yeah, it's kind of, it's a great job because it, you can kind of play by ear. Um, oh, wow. Today's super busy and Brooke's sick or something like that. And I, okay, I'll cut back to one post a day, but, but yeah, I like the twice a day kind of, I have a lot to say all of the time. So twice a day helps me to organize that a little bit better than <laughs> jamming it all into one post. Usually, That's funny. So. I didn't even realize that it was, uh, you've cut down. There was me thinking that you started at one and went up to two. That's crazy. Yeah. I can't I even imagine. Before. <laughs> and I'm guessing, you, I mean, you said you have a lot to say, but some days you must get kind of a block and wonder what to write about, or is it just every day, you know, you can you've got to the point where you can write about enough casual things that you don't really, you know, you just literally can write about what you've been up to if you are out of ideas. Yeah. So I, if I take enough pictures throughout the day, it's easy for me to write. Cause I kind of, I, I put up all the pictures and then I write after mm-hmm. that. And so if there's enough pictures, I could talk for days. It's the days that I don't take enough pictures or we've just kind of been at home that I don't have as much to say, but then I have a list of topics and ideas that I've thought of over the weeks uh, that I wanted to write about that aren't about our day or my workout that day or things like that. And I, I choose from one of those. Mm-hmm. So, And it seems like it's your blog has kind of become like a discussion place now. Like people go there to kind of, it's like a running forum essentially at the oh, bottom. Sure. So it's because that's been super helpful for me too. You know, sometimes I'll say, you know, my right calf is hurting and I just did this workout and I'm wearing these shoes. And then I'll have a commenter say, Hey, that happened to me. And I switched to, you know, a little bit more cushiony shoe or um, not such a drop zero shoe. And, and it really helped out my calf. And then I try it the next day and I'm like, yeah, sure. You nailed it. You, you understand that. And so I really hope that I can create some sort of community feel because I think a lot of us don't, you know, some people don't have a lot of friends that are actually runners. And so they don't have that outlet to talk to them about it. So it's, I hope they can find it as a place that they can talk to other runners about it and, you know, tell them about their workouts or, you know, and be excited for each other. Cause sometimes it's hard for non-runners to understand like what marathon training involves or what a 5k, you know, what is a good time? What's a PR? What's a, whatever, you know, the sacrifice, the sweat, the blood, the tears, the, everything that goes into training and, but we all get it. So that's what I love about the comments. I'll always ask questions at the end of my post because um, I, I learned so much and I just feel like strength from each other. And today I asked about, you know, I'm having a, a little dip in my motivation right now. I'm five weeks out for my marathon and I'm kind of in that place where I'm just tired. And so I'm feeling the motivation slacking and to have other people comment in and say, yeah, that happens to me right about that time too. Or, you know, it's a little closer to the marathon that I filled the dip in uh, motivation, but to just have each other to rely on and see like, okay, I'm not a weirdo. (laughs) This happens to everyone and we all trek through it and we all get to that race. So, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And and that's great to hear. And it is, you're right, it is a support network. And I, even myself, I don't have, you know, too many runners, especially where I live. So yeah, it's great to have a community to talk to. And obviously, you've made friends with a lot of the people that comment regularly. But would you say you've also seen other people, you know, someone may comment on your blog, and then another person will reply to their comment, and you've kind of pushed friendships together through your blog as like a meeting point? Absolutely. It's funny, because I'll get an email for any time somebody replies to a different comment. So I get the emails back and forth between some people who are like, wait, you live in Vancouver? I do too. Like, where do you run? Like, maybe we should meet up to, you know, go get some dinner or something um, over time, you know, building a friendship and things like that or replying like, yeah, I had shin splints one time and this is what I did, you know, if a runner's or a reader's saying they can't run and they're struggling with that because of their shin splints, you know, someone will comment in and say, Hey, this is what I did that helped. And I think, I think that's really neat. I get excited about that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And you know, your blogger is hungryrunnergirl.com. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, What would you have said, you know, five years ago, if someone would have told you it's as big as it is right now, would you have ever believed it? (laughs) Sometimes I still feel like it's just my mom and like family. (laughs) And so, and that's why sometimes I'm able to be a little bit more vulnerable and honest on there because I, sometimes in my brain, I still think, oh yeah, this is just like my fun hobby. But yeah, five years ago, I had no idea what it would be. I just thought it would be something I could track my training and nutrition and um, keep my mom in the ring of what's going on and, uh, and things like that. So I love it. It's, it's been a dream. It's been really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like it. And, and we love, uh, you often, you know, mention Runners Connect and some of the articles that we, uh, refer to. And, oh, uh, you guys are my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Your information is so real and just right to the point, you know what I mean? And in a way that I can understand it, but still like scientific and yeah. it just, it's, it's unlike any other, um, source of information. And I'm not just saying this cause I'm talking to you, but I mean, I read a lot about running and I just feel like with runners connect, it's just, it's different. It's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to get across that, you know, this is, um, you, you do have that community aspect. You have the support. You have the, the thing that a lot of women, uh, a lot of female runners, all of us, we, we love to have that community and the support and all the, all the things you just mentioned before. But you also yourself take the, you know, the science and the actual, um, the research studies seriously. And you kind of mention those as well. So you've kind of got a good balance there of, you know, the no fluff approach that we take. And then you've also got the the fun part of it, like you mentioned, because at the end of the day, that's why we do this. So exactly. Great to hear. Um, so let's kind of go on to you a little bit more um, with your running specifically. Um, how many marathons have you done in total now? This St. George will be my eighth marathon. Okay. Eight? So, okay. Uh-huh. And what is it about the marathon that you love so much? You know, I love the marathon because I the shorter distances are kind of hard for me because I don't like going really fast, full out fast, um, for short amount. This might not make sense, but I, (laughs) I'd rather go moderately hard for a long distance than like all out hard for a short distance. And I enjoy racing and I enjoy, you know, pushing myself. And so for me, I'd rather, I'd rather endure for a long time, just not going as hard as I would for 5k or 10k. Um, and I just think I, I love the training for the marathon. I know it's a lot, but I, I just enjoy it. And I think it's a challenge. It gives me 
uh, confidence. Uh, I just, yeah, the marathon's where it's at for me. <laughs> and I, I have to say, I'm pretty jealous. Uh, right now, you said you just love the training, and I kind of feel the same way. But I'm not racing a full marathon, so I think I might live through a few people, including you, for the time being. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when you've when you've obviously gone th- gone through marathon training, um, as you mentioned, um, you know, you had uh, a post up today about struggling with motivation. There's obviously lots of ups and downs in a marathon. Uh, what would you say your biggest lesson that you've learned so far has been through marathon training? Man, I think taking one mile at a time. I think that's been such a huge lesson for me in life too, just because life can just be overwhelming sometimes. And just thinking, oh, this is a hard time. I'm feeling tired. I'm exhausted. This is, you know, an uphill battle right now. But it's it's hard thinking, oh, well, I have 15 more miles of this, you know, but if we're able to stay in the mile and focus on where we're at and getting, you know, doing our best at, at that point, I think it's a lot, there's a lot more hope. And I think, you know, hope is the basis of happiness for me, I think is, is finding hope where you're at. So staying in the mile and just learning to, um, yeah, I guess that's the biggest lesson. That's good. And then have you learned any specifically during this segment that have kind of stuck out to you? Oh, running lessons um, that you can run on your own. I think that's something that I I haven't trained for a marathon on in a long time by myself. I've always had a running group. And and while that's nice and I love the conversation, it's been really interesting to kind of run on my own again and just push my learn to push myself without chasing after my faster friends, um, mm-hmm. learning to dig deeper all on your own when no one's watching, when no one knows what you know, interval you're trying to hit or anything like that, or being at the track alone and, and not having that push from other people and learning to just really find motivation in yourself and your own goals. So, so what advice would you give someone who's kind of going through that themselves right now? A day at a time, same thing, <laughs> same thing. You just get stronger and stronger and realize that no, you can do it on your own. You don't need other people to pull you along. Um, now if you like running with people and you have a good group, that's, that's awesome. That's great. But but if you do need to run on your own and, and do those hard workouts by yourself, just push through a day at a time and it'll be start to become normal and you'll start to realize that you're strong. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Good advice there. So let's kind of, um, I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners right now uh, may not have come across your blog yet and they will check it out. But um, for those who don't know, um, Janae is closing in on a three-hour marathon. Um, yes. How about when you first did that first marathon or that half marathon? Did you ever think a three-hour marathon would be within your reach? Yeah, I, that first marathon, I was kind of just wanting to complete it, just finish, you know. And I ended up Boston qualifying it, and that, wow. um, yeah, it was great. It was I came in, it was the Salt Lake Marathon, and I came in fifth overall for the women, and I was shocked. You know, I had no idea. I just wanted to finish, and so when I crossed that finish line and I saw my time, it kind of just it lit a fire in me to, I'm going to get under three. So that was five years ago. And I, the closest I've come to that is a 304. And that was before I had my daughter and she's now three years old. And so there's been a lot of things that have happened over the last five years, whether it's femoral stress fractures or um, pregnancy and having a child. And then I was, I got divorced shortly after that. And that took a lot more mental and emotional healing than I planned on. And running kind of took a little bit of a backseat, at least training hard. Running was always a part of um, 
during that time a part of me, but I just, it was too much to try to train really hard and process a divorce. So um, I feel like I finally have gotten to the point where I could put everything into my training and really reach for this sub three. And, and I know I have it. I know I have it in me. So let's just hope for great weather and <laughs> how is training going for St. George which is uh well as of this recording it's a month tomorrow but by the time it comes out it'll just be a few weeks away so how is training going it's gone really well I'm, I'm working with a coach that I've used in the past and he's gotten me a lot of PRs and so working with him I, we, we really click on and he understands what kind of works best for me so I'm not a high mileage a uh, trainer compared to most marathoners. I hit about 50 miles a week, but we try to get in some really good intensity workouts. Uh, between being a single mom, I can't, 50 miles is pretty much all I can get out <laughs> of the door with. And then um, my body also just doesn't handle high mileage well. So we've been trying to get in two speed workouts, you know, a week and then some fast finish long runs, which I loved the article on <laughs> runners connect about that. But, uh, yeah, so it's been going really well. The injuries have stayed away. Uh, so I, I feel really lucky one month. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is there, um, you know, you said that you've been kind of training on your own. Is that you've moved or you've just, you know, people, your goals aren't aligning right now. Is there a reason, you know, you've kind of been doing a lot of it on your own? So the two girls I used to run with every single morning, they are both injured and they're both not going to be back for at least a few more weeks. So yeah, they've, they've kind of been out and, and schedules haven't aligned with any of the other people, uh, just cause it's really random for me <laughs> lately of when I can get a babysitter or <laughs> things like that. So, <laughs> and what advice would you give to someone, you know, you just said a few minutes ago that, um, you know, you went through some rough patches where running kind of had to take a back seat. And I think, you know, everyone in their life kind of has to go through that at some point. I mean, I know, you know, I'm an, I'm an elite runner yet. Um, I got married, uh, well, a month ago and, you know, running had to take a back seat for that. I mean, obviously it could have, I could have made sure it was the front, but it was a, um, a time in my life I decided it was priority. So what would you say to, you know, every runner will go through this at some point where life stresses will take over. What advice would you give based on your experience other than, you know, you said you're one day at a time, but what did you kind of learn about um, how to, you know, allow your mental not to go down the drain because you, you know, can't put it at the front? Absolutely. No, that's a great question because for so many years it was such a priority and then to have it, you know, the training, the paces, the times, you know, to get slower and um, lose some muscle and things like that, because it took a backseat. I realized that running will always be there for you when you're ready. Uh, it's not something to be forced. It's not going to, it shouldn't, well, in my opinion, it shouldn't come before family and, and, you know, some, some big things like you're saying a, a wedding that came, that comes first, you know? And so but it will always be there for you when you're ready to come back. And so to just remember, think long-term rather than, well, if I don't run this month, then I'm never going to run again because if I don't keep up with it, then, you know, it's all going to go, go away, but it, it won't, you know, when you're ready to come back. And even just if you're scaling back in intensity or your mileage or whatever it may be, it'll be there for you when you're ready to come back. And, and we all go through hard things and sometimes running helps it. And sometimes we we just need to sleep in for a few weeks and, and get our mental game back together. So 
Mm-hmm. Just easy on yourself, you know, we're, we're only human, so. Great advice there. And uh, also, you know, mentioning again about the individuality and, you know, you said you've uh, found the mileage that works for you. And I think that's the problem that we as runners, a lot of us make is, uh, you know, trying to fit the mold of what other people are doing. I know myself, I have some friends, a lot of the girls I race against run, you know, you're not, probably not going to believe this, but 120 miles a week. <laughs> and you know I I hit 90 occasionally usually around 80 and I always feel you know I often get sucked into the trap of thinking that I'm not doing enough but I think you you brought up a good point here to any runners listening that you don't have to follow a cookie cutter regime or just because one person's doing one thing or even for yourself if something has worked for you in the past doesn't mean it necessarily will or if it hasn't worked for you in the past maybe that doesn't mean it's not ever going to work so it's good you've shown different, you know, as you've gone through your life, you've gone through different changes. I think that's something we have to be kind of careful with about our social media use um, is using the right perspective rather than when we're scrolling through Instagram and somebody has a way faster time or they're running way more miles uh, instead of thinking, wow, they do so much more than I do or comparing ourselves or anything like that to just, you know, that's what works for them and good job. So it's hard. We all, I think we all fall into that mindset a little bit of comparing. And so I think with social media, it's, it's really easy to fall into that trap. And so I've kind of had to train my brain to think, no, I'm doing, I'm doing my best. Like I'm working my hardest and I'm happy for them, but that training wouldn't work for me. So mm-hmm. to not let that, uh, bring you down if other people are running more or faster or just you're doing your best you know? well, and especially when a lot of people just kind of paint the uh the the positive you know never showing really the negatives and uh what's going on with them and that's that's something I kind of pride myself on is sharing that elite struggle you're real. Too. <laughs> you <laughs> rather than real. I love it <laughs> well thank you and and I think you you know you obviously do the same too you show your vulnerabilities you show things that go wrong and I think that's important to see that just like you said, what you see on social media isn't necessarily always the whole picture. So good to see. So what about, um, you mentioned that it can be tough to get a babysitter. And I was just kind of curious, um, how do you handle, like, how do you fit it all in with training and being a mother? You know, you said you're a single mom and you obviously have uh, people to babysit, but how, how does it kind of get organized for you so that you can get all your training in? So it's kind of a day by day thing. And my coach teases me every now and then because it is so it is all over the place but my favorite method and I am so blessed because I have my mom that lives five minutes away from me is to be able to put my daughter to bed there luckily she still sleeps in a crib so it's even easier (laughs) so I can I'm able to put her to bed at eight or nine at her house and or at my mom's house so I'm able to you know have the evening with her and things like that and then she's asleep there. She sleeps through the night. Right. And then in the morning, I just get up really early. And today I was out at five fifteen, um, getting in 10 miles in order to get back to my mom's house before my daughter woke up. So that's my favorite method. Cause then I'm, I'm able to still do everything, but she's safely sleeping at my mom's house while I'm running. Uh, other, you know, I also have a sister close by and I have some girlfriends that'll help out and uh, now she's in preschool, so I'm getting in some mid-morning runs, which are hot, but great for heat training. So, And then there's a lot of days that I'm at the gym uh, using the gym daycare, which is such a blessing. And also um, in my complex, there's like a little gym that has 
tons of toys for the kids to play with next to the tread. Well, far enough away from the treadmills, but so I can watch her while I'm running. So uh, previous training cycles, I've done a lot of treadmill running when she was younger, especially because that was the only way to get it in. But luckily this last training cycle, I have barely made it to the treadmill, which has been nice because there's, you know, as she gets older, there's a lot more options for me to be able to get outside and run and yeah, there's nothing like running outside. <laughs> yeah, so. oh, definitely. I, and that's that was going to be something else I was going to ask you about. So now's a good time uh, with treadmill running. Um, I mean, I cannot do it. I just mentally cannot handle it. So h- how do you how do you stay tough with that during, especially marathon training? How do you handle that? <laughs> so when I for my first marathon, I was a high school teacher, and then I taught driver's ed after school, and then I would teach spin cycle uh, cycle classes after that. So my only times to run were early in the morning when it was dark and late at night when it was dark. And I didn't know people ran together. So that, and I just always been afraid to run too early in the morning by myself. And so the treadmill was my only option once again. So I just, I did all of my training for the treadmill and I, on the treadmill and I didn't really know anything different. So I think because I kind of started that way, it's not as bad for me because that's what I know. Um, but yeah, a lot of on my easy runs, I'll read while I'm running or I'll listen to a podcast, your guys' podcast a lot of the time <laughs> and uh, watch a TV show or just have good music. I think the most entertaining runs on the treadmill are when I have speed work to do because that keeps my brain, you know, every few minutes you're switching up your pace, you're getting a recovery, you're pushing it hard. Um, and most of all, people watching, it's it's enjoyable to kind of <laughs> watch around it. Other people as they're walking around, that keeps me entertained and lifting and all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, that's that's what gets me through those treadmill runs. And especially when that's your only option, it's better than nothing. It's way better than nothing. So I, I like it. And winter running isn't totally my favorite. So <laughs> I've fallen on the ice a lot of times. And so if that's, you know, the treadmill will still kind of win every now and then if it's really icy outside. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I guess if you're at a gym, like you said, it's a bit, it's a, that's a bit better than, you know, even though it would be nice to have a, a treadmill, you know, in your garage or in your house, you're kind of staring at a wall, whereas at least there, you, like you said, you can look around. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of other people look at you and think there's that crazy runner girl again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I'm crazy <laughs> to see them, you know, Oh, they're working hard. They're not stopping. They're pushing themselves. They're sweating just as much as I am. So let's all keep just going and finish our workouts. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a good positive attitude to have. I, uh, I live in Kentucky and, uh, so I get some, I, well, running isn't so bad, but I, I do have an elliptical. Um, and for those uh, listeners who don't know what that is, I'll put a link to an elliptical on the show notes. And we also had an interview with uh, elliptical, which you can take a listen to. But um, it's it's funny when I ride that around, the, the looks I get, people think I am an alien. <laughs> and um, a, a, at least once every time someone will roll down their windows and be like, what is that thing? Like it's uh, so, you know, I've kind of had that extre- extreme this time around because, you know, people have never seen anything like it. So sure. um, it's funny, but I'm glad you, you're in a place where, you know, running is um, more accepted and working out is, you know, people love doing that. So hopefully Kentucky will follow along sometime in the next few years. (laughs) Um, So you've chosen St. George Marathon, which we already mentioned was, uh, you know, it's not very long away by the time this comes out. Uh, Why was it St. George you decided to choose over, you know, a Chicago or one of the other full marathons, California International or something? 
Absolutely. So I, for religious reasons, I've chosen to run on Saturday or race on Saturdays. I don't run on Sundays. And so for me, that was kind of the biggest part was it's a Saturday race. So uh, that worked out really well. I also grew up in St. George, so it kind of feels like home. I know the area really well and the Red Rock. And I ran the race last year. I wasn't very trained for it or anything. Um, so I wasn't able to really push it, but I think I cried five or six times along the way, like happy tears of just like, just overwhelmed by the scenery. Um, you run down into snow Canyon at one point and it is like, wow, this is stunning. Oh, uh, and so it it still gives me goosebumps to just think of some of the scenery along the way. And I have a lot of friends that have said it's by far their, uh, the most beautiful marathon or race they've ever done. So I think the beauty, you're not getting a lot of fans or crowds along the way. So if that's something that drives you, then that's probably not the race for you. But uh, towards the end, the last few miles, there's people cheering you on. But so you have a lot of time on your own, but it's just a great race, a great time of year. I enjoy summer training um, and fall training a lot more than, you know, winter training. And so it just kind of all worked out. It's a three and a half hour drive away for me. So I don't have to plan in travel, uh, flying and deal with all of that kind of mm-hmm. hotels. Like my aunt lives there, so I get to stay with her. So it kind of just, it all connects. <laughs> and is it a fast course or considered? It, a, is, yeah, okay. it is considered about four or five minutes faster than the Boston course. So really, uh, yeah, it's a fast course. Uh, you're either going up or you're going down. So, but there's more down than there is up. So it keeps your legs guessing what's next. There's not a lot of flat portions, which I think I prefer. I prefer the uh, the switching it up and changing gears. So gives you something to focus on, I guess. Exactly. Oh, I might have to add that one to my list. Yep. <laughs> um, it was my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> and then what about um, if you do accomplish this sub three hour, do you think you'll just keep going from there, uh, you know, shooting down for other, you know, sh- faster and faster in the marathon or do you have other race goals in other distances that you'd like to get next? Absolutely. I want to get under that sub three. And then after that, I kind of want to focus on the half marathon for a few months um, or a few, maybe even a year. Uh, I enjoy the half marathon a lot too. And I think I have a lot more potential in the half marathon necessarily than I do with the full marathon. I don't, I think my body responds a little bit better to racing that. So I want to get under a 120 within the next, you know, six months. And I think I, I've got, I did a 121 this, uh, last month. So I think I can get that. And then, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we all say, Oh yeah, once I get that time goal, I'll, you know, cut back. But I know once I get at that sub three, it'll be great. 255. Let's, yeah, let's, let's work for it. You know? So after a, a, a break for a few weeks, then I'm sure I'll be ready to to pound it again <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you say that because I keep I was talking to someone about this the other day I have a the Disney marathons are on my my list and I keep saying oh you know I'm gonna do the Disney marathon and I'm gonna just enjoy it you know I'm gonna yeah. take in the sights and I'm gonna just slowly run around and look around but I know You'll in the back it. of my mind I never get, <laughs> there's no way I, right now anyway that I would be able to just enjoy you know, taking in the sights and jogging around. The you won't remember a thing. You'll be in so much pain. You're going to <laughs> you won't remember anything. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> That's nice to hear. So there's one other thing I kind of wanted to ask you about, which is just, um, we've, we've touched on it a little, but uh, kind of just the women's community, because I'm sure most of the listeners right now are um, 
women and you know people who are getting into running or kind of seeing this growth within the running movement and um, I know I did an interview one of the podcast episodes uh, with Catherine Switzer um, and you know that was she was talking about uh, the women's movement and getting women involved all over the world and um, you must see you know as an influencer within the uh, you know online and running community have you kind of seen a difference over the last few years in uh, the women's running community? Absolutely. I think that's the beauty about running. That's something I love the most is the fact that it just kind of connects us all in a, in a weird way. I was at the other day, I ran into a girl that was, you know, a decade younger than me and in normal life, we probably wouldn't have that much in common. I'm a mom. She's just out of high school, but she's a runner. And we sat there and we talked for an hour and a half (laughs) and it just, that community of like being able to build each other up and have so something in common that we both love and adore. And, and, you know, and that, that binds us all together. And I think, I think we all get it no matter what speed we run, we all get that craving that we have for a good run and that push that we have to uh, get better, run longer, or just get out there every day or whatever it may be. I think it's, I think it's just such a connection that we wouldn't, we wouldn't have otherwise, you know, when would you and I ever get to the chance (laughs) to talk? You know, what an awesome thing to have this, um, this bond of something that's healthy for us mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, it's just an awesome addiction to have. Oh, definitely. And then what would you say to, um, you know, some, a runner right now who's listening and, you know, maybe they've just taken up running and, uh, they're wondering, you know, if A, if it's worth it and B, you know, you've kind of come a long way within your training. You know, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, I was never going to run a Boston qualifier my first marathon. But just to people to kind of persist and, you know, um, what would, what advice would you give to new runners out there who are just getting started in like persistence and, you know, just like you said, taking it day at a time? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things is to remember that it's not easy for any of us, you know, you get, you get faster over time, but it's still hard for everyone. You're not alone in that, you know, today's workout, I wanted to quit 4,000 times, you know, but you keep going. And so I think to understand that you're not alone, we all start from somewhere. We all start at that first time we're trying to run to the stop sign without stopping. That's everyone. And so, um, it's hard, but we do it. And there's some days that feel like sunshine and butterflies. And then there's some days that we're questioning <laughs> what's going on with our body and why our legs feel like lead. But I think just to consistency is key that if you can just uh, learn to consistently keep running, you know, and it, it'll start to feel better, but but it's hard for everyone, you know, so. <laughs> Great advice and a, and a good way to end there because, you know, I could not agree more. And um, for anyone who is just starting out, that is a great way to think about it is that, you know, like you said, everyone starts from somewhere. Everyone goes through the same struggles. And that's why I'm even more impressed, by the way, with uh, you say you do a lot on your treadmill because whenever I'm on the treadmill, I feel like that stop sign, the red thing is just like, staring at me like pick me pick me (laughs) so I I, that's why I'm even more impressed with what you just said because to me the treadmill is like the ultimate like and I sometimes once uh twice last some uh, winter I was on the treadmill and I 
I, I swear I was running one minute and the next minute I'd stopped and I didn't know what happened and I'd pushed the button. So like I, I, I feel like sometimes I don't even know I'm doing it. So that's why I'm so impressed you can ignore that button that's staring oh. at you. <laughs> Not as well as I used to anymore. Once I've been outside a lot more, it's harder to ignore that stop button. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's good for me to know that uh, you, I'm not the only one that struggles with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then if you've listened to this podcast before, you know uh, what the podcast always ends with, which is a question to you. Um, if you could give one word to describe what you would like to become, accomplish or achieve, what would it be and why? Rave. Rave. Okay. Yeah, one. rave. Uh, that's what you're looking for, right? What it, whatever you want to discuss. I mean, that kind of idea, but yeah, just brave. Uh, I, a lot of times my fears conquer, conquer everything else and, and take over a little bit. And so to just be brave and to, and to do the things that I know are right because they're right. Not, and not letting fear stop me. Wait, you said brave. I thought mm-hmm. you said rave. I was thinking oh, like, whoa, sorry. that's kind of just... interesting one. No, 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 rave. Sorry. <laughs> okay, good. <Wait. laughs> that makes a lot more sense. I was thinking you mean like have a rave, you know, in your running, in your life. I was thinking, oh, that's unique, but yeah, brave. I like that bit better. <laughs> okay, good. That's a, that's a great way to finish. And uh, Janae, I want to thank you for coming on the show. What is the best way for people to follow you? Would it be just through going through the blog or do you have a yeah, favorite social media channel that... You, people could you know the blog's what I update the most I forget a lot of times about all the other ones <laughs> so but the blog is always kept fresh and updated so okay and that's at hungryrunnergirl.com so if yes. you want to check it out um make sure you do that and I will put a link on the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc72 so Janae thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and I enjoyed it and uh hope you did too and I'm sure our listeners will have uh, really enjoyed getting a deeper look into your life thank you and there you have it thank you so much for taking the time to tune in today I really appreciate it isn't Janae so much fun it's hard not to smile when you're talking or listening to someone as fun loving as her Her blog is extremely popular, and if you haven't already, you definitely should go check it out. You can find it either at runnersconnect.net forward slash rc71, where you can find all the other links we talked about as well, or by just typing in hungryrunnergirl.com. If this was your first time tuning in, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll come back next week or in the future for future episodes. You can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or your favourite choice of app, And that means every Wednesday, the podcast will come right to your phone. As Janae said, they're great for listening while you are out running or, you know, while doing chores or whatever else you want to do them for. I had some requests to bring Janae on the show and I listened and brought her on. And if you have any other suggestions for who you would like me to bring on, you're welcome to email me, tina at runnersconnect.net. So until next time, have a great week.